I was like, this is, they took my freaking kidney. Charlie the Unicorn, relevant in 2022. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, the podcast where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the retro TV series, Supernatural. Today, we're exploring Season 3, Episode 15, Time is on My Side, through the theme of heritage. We are Noah, Abigail, and Elena, and we'll be your hosts today. Thanks for coming in. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are y'all today? Doing awesome. We're recording this episode and our Season 3 finale today, and I am, like, pumped. So excited. I cannot wait for Noah to see this finale, so I'm really stoked to get through this episode. It's going to be fun. I'm very excited. This one leaves off with a a little bit of a big cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah, it's leading right up to it. I can't wait. He he thinks that this one's a cliffhanger. That's (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no spoilers. Yeah, (laughs) y'all have to wait a week to hear our thoughts about it, but... I'm not going to have to wait as long as y'all did to get answers after the next one. So, okay. So now it is time for our 30-second recap in which we look at the road so far uh, and this episode specifically. So for the season recap, Noah is going to take us into that. Are you ready, Noah? So ready. This is towards the end of a season, so you've got a lot to cover. Noah, are you ready? I am. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Sam and Dean are hunting down all the demons that they let out of hell in the last season. They're knocking them down one by one, making their way through different uh, storylines and getting closer and closer to figuring out more about Dean and getting more and less involved with Ruby on and off. Dean's determined to die, so he still saves Sam, but then Sam doesn't want him to die because he he tried living without Dean and that didn't work out well. So now he's he's doing everything he can to save him in the end. <laughs> didn't talk about Bella didn't talk about that was, that was like the Gordon. Yeah, didn't talk about Gordon at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> damn. I love Gordon. I didn't want to talk about his ending, so that's fair. That's fine. Fair, fair. Right. And then Abigail is going to take us for our 30 second recap of this episode. Are you ready, my friend? Give me a second and then I will be. Take all the time you need to buffer. Okay, I think that we're good enough. I think that we're going to we're going to roll with roll with it. All right. Let's count you in. You ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Sam and Dean are on this case of this guy who's been using science to um, stay alive by harvesting people's organs. Um, Sam's like, we could use this to save Dean. And Dean's like, that's a bad idea. At the same time, Dean's like, we're going to keep hunting Bella. They get a lead on Bella. And turns out she has gotten rid of the cult. But the reason that she had it was to try and get out of her own deal. And uh, Dean's like, we could have helped you if you had asked us, but it is too late. And the episode ends with Bella's clock running out. Oh. Right as your clock ran out on the oh, damn. Womp, womp, yeah. Womp, womp. That was very good. <laughs> well done. Well done. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to jump into this week's 
episode and theme discussion. And today we looked at this episode, Time is on My Side, through the theme of heritage. If you are new with us or you haven't been here for a while, every week we choose a theme and we talk about where we see that theme in the episode. So yeah, heritage is a really interesting one this week. I'm excited to hear what both of you have to say about it. It was a very interesting theme to to go off of because this show revolves around heritage. You know, the whole show is started with the boys giving the mission of their father. Like that's Mm -hmm. the basis of the show at its bones. I thought we might want to start with a definition of heritage. So the idea of heritage, and this is kind of pulled from a few different dictionary definitions and kind of amalgamated. Heritage is something that might be inherited. It could often refers to a valued object or a valued quality that has been passed down. Heritage is often connected to family and or culture. And yeah, the idea of gaining something that's been passed on to you and that that something, whether it's a a material object or an immaterial thing, is your heritage. Like you said, Noah, very much in line with kind of this show from the very beginning. What I really liked with this theme in relation to the episode is the fact that they're basically working like a legacy case for John. Mm -hmm. So that was like a really... I just think a very that was probably one of the most surface level tie-ins that one could make is that this is like a passed down case, basically, that they thought was resolved, but turns out it's not. Yeah. So with that, I kind of wanted to ask the question to both of you, is heritage something that we get to choose? And can you reject your heritage, specifically in terms of this, this episode? I'm curious about your answers to those questions. I don't think you can choose your heritage. I'm well, okay. Hmm. Interesting. That's why I ask. I'm asking. <laughs> I don't have an answer I'm leading you to here. I'm just, I'm just very curious about what you think of heritage like as a concept at all. Well, what's interesting is I, I don't think that you get a chance to choose it, but I do think you can reject it. I think you can choose whether or not you respect it as your heritage. That's a good distinction. Yeah. How much it Im- you can choose, like its impact on you, or maybe yeah. not even it's maybe not even its impact on you, but you can choose how you want to uphold it or is it something it. you celebrate? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it something you follow in the footsteps of, or is it something you walk away from? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely it can, it can be a choice for sure. Yeah, and I think within relation to the episode, they do they do uphold it because they do pursue this case. Uh, they could have just like left it alone, especially because. And one of the notes you have is that Sam's idea is pretty unhinged. Uh, And I agree. Every time I watch this episode, I want to know what brain tumor Sam is operating with, thinking that this is a good idea, thinking that this is something that Dean would even want. Sam being like, we can just Frankenstein Dean to keep him alive is the worst idea he's ever had in this show. And Sam has had some bad ideas in this show what's even the logic behind that because if the demon is going to kill dean if that's if that's where his (laughs) mind is at then it's going to obliterate him it's not going to just be like stab you're done yeah Yeah, there's not going to be an opportunity to like he'd have to this living forever thing have to revive him yeah this is not like dean is going to die one day and we just have to make sure he never dies. This is a like something is coming to kill him distinctly. And we know it's like hellhounds. Yeah. Yeah. We know you, the whole idea is that like you 
you die, it's not like a deal comes due just when you naturally die. It just comes due when it comes due. So this yep. plan was always very bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was terrible. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> but I'm curious, I'm interested in like, the thing I was thinking about a lot with this episode was about the idea of like qualities being passed down more than just like this case, which is passed down from John kind of unintentionally, but also like what are the qualities that John has passed down to Sam and Dean? And like, which one of the those have they like upheld and which ones have they walked away from even in this mm. episode? I was going to say this episode, it really feels like Dean is choosing to honor the heritage piece of like things being very black and white. Like there's, there's monsters and there's not monsters. And this guy is a monster and I'm not going to become one to be like this guy. And so he's just, he's, we've had a lot of growth, I think on both of the boys part in the last three seasons of them realizing that like good and evil is a bit more gray than they necessarily believed and were raised to believe. But I think because of how close to the end Dean is, he's like starting to panic. And so he's kind of like reverting back to that idea of like, no, this is black and white. It is this or that. That's the end of it. But I, is he though? Because like, this is a not, um, cause like the black and white thing, especially in the, I think about like in season one, the black and white thing was so much about him, like being like, if it's not human, then it's a monster. And that was the super black and white. Cause like Doc Benton is human. Yeah. But I think that the way that he's managed to keep himself alive, I don't think Dean sees him as a human anymore. Right. But then that's his, but then I think it's like about Dean going, his choices have made him not human, not like who he is inherently. Okay, you know, that's an interesting, which yeah. I think is, is sort of different from John. Yeah. And like we saw, I feel like I think about like in Bloodlust in season two, where the first time they meet Gordon and they have the, the quandary of like, do we kill vampires exactly. if they're not killing people? And they don't, they decide not to kill them because they're like, they're not actually bad. Whereas like Doc Benton is the opposite of that, where they're like, yeah, sure, you're human. But also the things you've chosen, done to keep yourself human actually make you the bad guy. Yeah. And there isn't a redemption arc, which I think is maybe the point you were making is like, there's no redemption. There can't be a redemption for Doc Benton. And it couldn't be for Dean if he went that route. Yeah. No. Even if you found willing people who were like on the verge of death and like, <laughs> organ donors, still be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Dean Ralph. laughs> Which, but the thing is, if 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 in that scenario, would it actually be morally a problem? I mean, morally, no. <laughs> playing devil's advocate here, <laughs> would would Dean still be a? <laughs> well, that's, just say, that's just, my say question. just say whatever you're going to say. Whole and redeemed character? No, he would he would fall down a different path if he was doing that on the regular yeah he would not stay healthy and happy yeah not that i think he does in this show so (laughs) it's fine if that's what they want to go with but that's commitment well what's a shame is that if if the good old doc didn't look so creepy he could make this a sustainable practice by just like opening a morgue and just like harvesting what he needs from the bodies because then you're not hurting anyone uh you're getting to live forever but i don't know ethical ethical um organ collection by the way i'm not endorsing this in any capacity i'm just i'm just (laughs) i mean it sounds like (laughs) no like it just i don't think this is a good idea i'm not encouraging listeners to open a morgue so that they may harvest organs but i'm saying like if this doctor wanted to 
find a a slightly more ethical approach <laughs> to his creepy immortality. That could have been one yeah, way he yeah. could have done it, and he did because he's creepy. Yeah, and and maybe Sam and Dean would have given him a pass if they were if he was not killing people, he was not murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just have to make this note because it had me cackling so hard. Do y'all remember the video way back in the day? It was called Llamas with Hats. Oh, of course. And then there was also Charlie the Unicorn. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, I do remember that. All I could think of was, they took my freaking kidney. <laughs> that was all I could think <laughs> of this whole episode. I was just like, yeah. I was like, yo. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this is... They took my freaking kidney. Charlie the Unicorn, relevant in 2022. Here we go. (laughs) What a time to be alive. What a time. What a time. Oh, a piece of hair. Another piece of heritage that Sam and Dean have is the journal. Like you talk about like valued objects. That's something that they have from John that I think would qualify as like a heritage item. And they don't have a lot. I mean, even the car is that too. Yeah. The car is part of their like heritage. Yeah. Definitely a part of Dean's. Yeah. Significant big part of his life right there. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting too, like in terms of heritage, because like Sam is not as attached to the car as Dean is. Like Dean has taken on more of that heritage than Sam has. During mystery spot, do you think Sam developed more? More feelings for the car? Did he have he had the car the whole he time? Right? Yeah, he had the car the whole time. We see him driving it. Yeah. Do you yeah, think but he, I don't I don't think he ever is gonna dissociate Dean from that car. That's I think well it. fair. I think if Dean's like if Dean's out of the picture, Sam protects it for him. Yeah. Cause of his heritage. Cause it's that's like Dean, mm-hmm. that becomes Dean's heritage then to Sam. Mm-hmm. And then the car is gonna matter. Yeah. Yep. Which is maybe leads to another kind of point about heritage is that like this episode is about so much of like Dean's decisions are being made based on like what he wants his legacy to be. And like legacy and heritage are kind of linked together. I was thinking about legacy a lot this episode too. Do you say, do you say more? Oh no, just like in, I feel like it ties really well into the idea of heritage. Like when I hear heritage, I tend to actually think more about legacy because like legacy is sort of like Heritage is the history part, whereas legacy is like what you do with it in a way. Mm. And I think that that's what Dean is really struggling with is like his legacy. Like what is what is he going to leave behind for his brother if he does not find a way out of this deal? Like you have a heritage, but you leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're opposites, opposite ends of the spectrum. Dean's mm-hmm. legacy to Sam is the car, whereas Sam's heritage from Dean is the car. Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Oh, okay. So something else in terms of heritage and this episode that I want to get your thoughts on is, so Sam kind of has the heritage of the demon blood. And Sam is also in this episode, the one way more willing to like blur the lines of using the supernatural to get out of the deal in a way that is kind of interesting. And I'm curious as to if either of you think that like, yeah, basically just what you th- what you think about the demon blood as Sam's sort of heritage and how is he dealing with that? He's definitely taking a much darker route about things than he has in previous seasons before he found out that it was demon blood inside him. So maybe he's leaning a bit more into that and it's a bit more predisposed to some of these choices. He's influenced in deeper ways. He's not rejecting this heritage. 
I no. gotta wonder if, you know, seasons one or two, Sam would have been okay, like turning his brother into Frankenstein. I just don't, I don't know that that would have been in the cards as much. I don't think so. I think that Sam wanted so desperately, like, to not have something be different about him. But now that he knows that there is, like, he, this whole season, seems more and more willing to, like, walk towards that line of, like, well, if this is my destiny anyway. Might as well just go all the way. As opposed to this will be a family of monsters. As opposed to Dean, who is, I think, doing more rejecting of, like, John's heritage in some ways as we go along. Yeah, well, especially because I think Dean at this point, I, I feel like this episode, we finally see Dean snap in a sense. Like, when he's in the car on the way back from Bella's, He's just like, she doesn't have it. Like there's, dude, there's no way out. He finally realizes like, oh shit, we're so close to this and we don't have a solution. And so he, that panic is setting in. And mm-hmm. the only reason he doesn't really get a chance to sit in that panic is because seconds later, he ends up with the panic of Sam getting knocked off of his phone and worrying about his brother again for the mm-hmm. 900 gaffillionth time. And I just, I think it's a shame because it was really interesting watching, watching that like crack in the ceiling sort of happen. Yeah. Yeah. Watching him realize that they've run out of their options and they still like they don't have any there's no good options left. The only options left are like bad ones. Yeah. Ones he'd rather not take. That's Frank and Dean. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Elena has so well dubbed it Frank and Dean. Another like heritage piece that they unfortunately have picked up from John is the idea that it's ever a good idea to like split the party. Oh yeah. John, notorious solo hunter. (laughs) Sam and Dean, notorious for going off on their own at the worst possible times. The worst times. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, you're going to go off to Beller on your own. I don't know how they pick their time. And you're going to go after a, a literal monster that, like, cuts out people's organs on your own. I was reminded this episode, though, why I traditionally do not like this episode. And it can all be attributed to one sequence. I can't stand the thing where Sam's eyes are like mm. this. <laughs> and the then melon he holds baller. The, and he just, even though I know nothing happens. I don't. I can't. I can't really look, look at that. that it was rough. Oh yeah, no, how was your first, your first time through this episode? It's got some fun body horror. Yeah, it was, it was a little, it was a little intense. I mean, they didn't, they didn't (laughs) show all of it. They were a little scared to show some parts, but. Yeah, I don't know what it is about, like the older I get, the, I can't, I can't do body horror anymore. It didn't used to fuck me up as much as it does (laughs) now, but now there are certain scenes in movies where I'm just like, I'm not even going to stare. I, nope, nope, won't do it. (laughs) It's worse when I know it's coming and I was supernatural. I know it's coming. So (laughs) yeah. I, yep. yeah, melon baller in the eye, not the mood. Ah, very visceral reactions to that <laughs> whole sequence. I was, it was, it was like, kind of like, hey, how do you think you're going to salvage the eye if you are digging in there while he's struggling and it's not going to be great. And it's hot. You were going to sever the optic nerve. You were going to just yeah. fry that nerve and then what? You're just going to, what's the point? You, you're a doctor. Yeah. You should have known better. He's a doctor from the 1800s, so... <laughs> <laughs> Heritage was a really interesting theme to view it through. Yeah. I think this is one of our, we've had like two kind of very abstract themes in a row, Mm -hmm. which is why, oh, next episode is going to be a good time. 
<laughs> returning to our returning to our roots with some good old talking about free will next week but oh, i i think my like final feeling on like heritage the thing i was like left with with this episode was on just like the fact that what you do with heritage is kind of what's most important and that you get to choose whether you like let that heritage define the choices you're going to make or if you actually like you know sift through that heritage and go what do I actually think is meaningful to keep what is actually good for me to keep and then what parts of my heritage are going to like influence me to make bad decisions and you know Sam and Dean kind of walking that line with their relationship with John's heritage Mm. it's interesting they're always telling so many lines (laughs) yeah Uh, masters of the line toe (laughs) (laughs) i'm just imagining them on like a little tightrope now just like even more fun if you picture dean in a tutu these giants (laughs) giants on tightropes yeah iconic (laughs) okay okay well Now it's time for our going meta segment in which we track lore, the Bechdel test, pop culture, and more. Bechdel test. Um, we do not pass. Definitely nope. not. The closest we get to two female characters interacting is uh, Lilith and Bella in the flashback, but they're still talking about her parents, one of whom is a male. So does not pass. Yeah. It is two named characters talking, but it's not, it doesn't pass. Yeah. And to add to insult to injury, the conversation at the very beginning, oh, the, like yeah. really gross plastic surgery conversation does uh, literally oh, zero you. things to make me sympathetic towards yeah. this guy who's about to die. Like, yeah, zero. <laughs> Yep. You're all sympathy. He's dying and it's like, oh, bummer. Sorry. It's like, go it's fix like it. eh, you didn't deserve to die for that comment, but you no. did not not deserve to die for but that. But also, like, yeah, let's not like make. <laughs> make really mean ageist comments about like older people's bodies like yeah don't. that'd be great <laughs> don't anyway that's the Bechdel test <laughs> so get this I was checking into the lore for this episode and there were a lot of very interesting things they mentioned to kidnap a phrase from another show we do there was a lot of fuckery going on in the lore this episode <laughs> <laughs> true it's true the most significant thing i felt was the demons that are waiting for dean mm. the threats that he gets about everybody who wants to hang out with him once he's down there that felt like the most the, the biggest reveal because they had talked about oh yeah yeah you'll be tortured and like yeah people we know we know you're yeah. coming but now it's like face to face you're three weeks away this is coming up and like there are demons personally interested in dean winchester yeah you're, he's not just going to be some schmuck in hell that you know nobody knows like there are demons who are waiting for him to arrive specifically yeah which makes me wonder like which demons and and why and how and you know well most of them probably because he put them there (laughs) they haven't put that many deep i mean they have put some demons but they haven't put at this point like that many demons well but i feel like they also nope that's gonna be really spoilery never mind just (laughs) no it would not for seasons but just it would have yeah no don't (laughs) don't say it (laughs) One thing I do want to point out that was a very like small and kind of subtle thing about that scene though, where the demon is like, you know, basically teasing him being like, we're all going to come after you. I really appreciated Dean's line to Sam when he, he tells him like to do the exorcism. He's just like, you know, send him somewhere. He can't hurt anybody else. Like that to me felt like this very, very soft little moment of like, 
Dean really is still Dean, you know, even as he's panicking, even as he's like getting to this like end that he's unsure about, like that line is a good line to sum up Dean. Mm. He is, he is always going to make sure that he's doing whatever he can to make sure the least people are getting hurt. And that was just, it's an aside, but it was a really nice note. Yeah. I was noticing that, I noticed that too, particularly because I actually first noticed that that scene where they're like interrogating the demon and it's so there's so it's so different from like their earliest interactions with demons like I think about like Meg the first time yep. and how much everything changes when they realize when Bobby reminds them that there's like a human still in there as opposed to this scene where it's so much harsher and yes the things they're doing are not actually going to hurt the the person like it's like holy water and and things like and salt which don't hurt a person but there's still like an edge to it that they didn't have back in seasons one and two there's a desperation there yeah. at this point but then yeah like you said we get that line from dean at the end there was an attempt to like they weren't able to save this person because apparently the demons have been like riding these vessels really really hard which is another interesting thing of like the demon you know we're finding out that there's more collateral damage than like the winchesters whether it's it's like the stakes are being raised for everyone yeah including like people who just kind of got in the way that's tough and a sign of worse things to come yeah i'm, I'm excited <laughs> lilith is is clearly a force to be reckoned with on all fronts yeah how was that reveal for you now because i mean you've like spent this season not knowing who holds dean's deal and any like guesses now that you know, like anything you I mean, once they once they revealed that a specific demon holds the deal, I was kind of like, okay, well, who's the demon they've been bringing in all season? Gotta be her. Gotta be Lilith. But it was it was good. I mean, it was well revealed and uh, she's already a threat. And so it just makes I really just wanted to hit next and go to the next episode, but <laughs> I couldn't. So here we are. We'll get there. <laughs> you will be rewarded for your patience soon. <laughs> yeah, we're literally going to watch the finale as soon as we're done recording this episode. We're watching it together because Elena and I decided we really need to see Noah's reaction. <laughs> I'm excited to see your see your reaction happening. It's going to be good. <laughs> there are more lore things because there are a lot of them. First off, this monster like Doc Benton is based on like a real legend of a guy that did you know basically what happens in the box like basically this episode wait really I didn't yeah. know that yeah so that's that's one thing but I think what's more interesting in terms of lore is the backstory of John's interaction with Doc Benton which is would have happened in 1983 so this is like a really 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 early hunt for John like this is like within six months I think of Mary's death yeah, I was going to say 83. Before yeah. or after? It's after Mary's death. Okay, okay. Yeah, because John's not into the hunting world until after Mary's death, but it's like well, very shortly after. Wait, wait, wait. It would have to be within two months then because Mary dies November 2nd. Yeah, so the dates on this are a little dicey, particularly because this incident is actually detailed in one of the Supernatural comics. And in the, that comic, they actually say it's 1982, which is impossible given the canon of the show. So I think oh, like most goodness. people kind of when they trace it out, go it's somewhere 1983, probably like very shortly after Mary's death. Gotcha. But yeah, like the timing, the timeline as in supernatural things is a little janky. And you know what? You were like about to say something. Yeah. Isn't the new Winchester show John getting into the hunting life? <laughs> oh, 
another conversation for another podcast. Fucking oh, hell. So, yeah. So, Noah knows about the Winchester show coming, but also doesn't hasn't seen past season three. <laughs> so, Elena and I can't say a lot to... How long do I have to wait before that makes sense? Yeah, actually, some of it's going to start making sense in season four. Some of it will start making sense very shortly. Yeah, like 10, give it like 10 episodes. Other bits, give it a couple years. Okay. And other bits, we still don't understand. So yeah, other (laughs) bits, not even 15 seasons could explain. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, fair. We'll get there. I'll Google uh, it. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't look it up. Okay, but but so I was like reading this comic because I, I wanted to know, you know, what do we know about like John and Doc Benton? And basically he's hunting it with another hunter. He is trying to like in this comic, he's trying to get to like this priest that can help him talk to Mary somehow. So, like, John is actively looking for a way to communicate with Mary, which is fascinating all on its own. And then, yeah, he, like, takes his heart in, and that's how they, like, kind of take him out. It's... A little gory. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it seems like they... Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no. Ugh. I will link in the episode description to a version of this comic I found online because it's hard, kind of hard to find. Is the second half of that man's body missing? Yeah. So John and this other hunter apparently like decimate Doc Benton. So, but it doesn't seem like, yeah, it seems like they mostly just like tear him up and that's, and they're like, good enough. But, and you know, it's funny because I came into this episode like really ready to just like give John crap for being a terrible hunter who like didn't finish a job and that comes back to bite Sam and Dean in the ass. Um, But then when I realized that it was like one of the very first hunts he'd ever been on, I was like, okay, like I don't want to give John a pass, but also he didn't know what he was doing yet. And I can't really fault him for for this hunt not being totally finished, especially since Sam says like, there's no super, like this isn't like a witch thing. It's just like yeah. science, apparently. Well, but that's wink, what bugs me. Because if it yes. is just science, <laughs> the human body needs a heart to function. And so if your heart gets ripped out, and as this comic illustrates, your entire lower half is missing from your body. I don't see how you can have the wherewithal to do proper medical surgery on yourself to replace said heart and lower half of your body. Yeah. yeah, I have questions. Yeah, this someone else has got to be helping. Yeah, that's the thing is I I don't buy that this is not a supernatural thing. Like I think there's witchy something witchy involved here. Like Doc's got to be doing something witchy be. because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. And like Sam, also um, Sam Prelaw Stanford, uh, you're not. You don't know enough about biology to be like, I understand this. And it just seems like it's just science. The science makes sense. You don't know anything about science. It checks out. <laughs> he learned oh. all about organ replacement at Stanford, though. <laughs> yeah. I did a whole study about organ <laughs> replacement and about how cool it is. And, and no. John's, John's long con to make sure that. Sam could sniff out the supernatural and the non-supernatural. Just enough info. It's like the the epitome of like just enough information to make you dangerous to yourself and everyone around you. <laughs> Any other lore? Hellhounds got brought up. Yeah, did you know about Hellhounds before this? I did know about Hellhounds. I didn't know oh, about right. yeah, the season herb. two. Oh, well that's that's a new that's a new piece of information. Like devil's shoestring. And it won't be there again. <laughs> yeah, which it can go firmly into Lost Canon because we don't get Devil's Shoestring again. Love um, that. 
I even mean, though we do, you, do get hellhounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like <laughs> if there's only... <laughs> we also get the information that apparently soul deals can be changed because yeah. the demons try and change the terms of Bella's contract, That's which true. is, I suppose, some hope for Dean because it's... Well, we did actually, we did know that before because they did change the very first episode, um, Crossroad Blues, they convinced the demon to... the regular crossroads demon they convince her to let the guy out of his deal but that's like they've they've trapped her and threatened her like it's a little different it feels a little different but i yeah i guess you that's true yeah because i mean in both instances like it's totally different in that they're coercing her and in this case like lilith makes the decision to makes but in both offer. cases they were able to right. make a change to it up until this point i don't think that was something that we were really sure of yeah and they didn't and sam and dean have kind of said like throughout the season dean's been like yeah we can't we can't do with that with this demon what we did in season two like we can't just go and threaten it well we have to kill this demon to get out of the deal and that's even that is unclear as whether or not it'll work we'll see we'll see oh yeah uh any ideas as to who has the cult noah someone Um, has the cult any guesses well so it's got to be someone with money Right. Or something valuable enough that Bella would trade it. Mm-hmm. But it'd have to be crazy valuable. I don't I don't remember any other rich characters or <laughs> well-off characters. Um, so I'm gonna say Ellen. Ooh, ooh. ooh. Why are you gonna say Ellen? Because um I want her to come back in a big way. So <laughs> Ellen shows up with the cult. I that'd be some badass shit right there. Honestly. It's not Bobby and it's not Gordon, so and we have not seen Ellen in a hot minute. Yeah. How long has it been? I think it's season two. The, yeah, since the finale. Yeah, right? yeah. She doesn't show up at all season three. Damn. Ellen and Joe. Come on. I know. They just seem to, they're just not present, which is weird. They're yeah. off killing demons of their own, I guess. They're off also cleaning up the Winchester's mess. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> Well, that feels like a fantastic spot to wrap it up and move into pop culture, where we are tracking everything that they talk about related to anything pop culture or trivia fun facts about the episode. It's kind of a free for all. This is the best. Right off the bat, they start with The Walking Dead. They reference that. They're like, not referencing that, though, because The Walking Dead was not out yet. Yep. The comic wasn't? Oh, uh, the comic may have been. Actually, that's true. So maybe, so Dean reads The Walking Dead comics is what you're telling me this week. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. It's way better. I actually heartily accept. Let me see. We're in Dr. Cruz Medicine Zombie. Yeah, 2003 is when it started. Okay, yes. <laughs> the show didn't start till 2010, but. Yeah, that was what I was working off of. Yeah, he definitely reads the comics he knows he knows about the governor and and all that would have probably been out by then dean's gonna be so excited in 2010 if he survives to tell deal he's gonna be so excited in 2010 when <laughs> walking dead starts airing and season one is top notch so he'll he'll be excited if well yeah if he makes it <laughs> Um, what was y'all's favorite reference? The antique roadshow reference is my <laughs> favorite reference because when I was a kid, my dad really loved the antiques roadshow. And I think it would like air on like Sunday afternoon. So we'd like come home from church and usually my dad would be like watching TV and I would like sit and watch like antiques roadshow. Like little me liked the history, but also just like weird historical artifacts are interesting. A lot of antiques roadshow is pretty boring, but like weird historical artifacts is kind of interesting and the idea that dean like also has seen antiques roadshow is very fun to me oh yeah he's a big fan clearly 
I boy really, has range in terms of genres that he likes of TV. Absolutely. All over the place. I love the reference of Dr. Quinn Medicine. Just that was speaking of like shows that our parents watched. My mom was very big into the medicine woman. And so every time I, I get to that reference, it's like, oh, nostalgia. Hell yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. What about you, Noah? Do you have a favorite reference? I mean, Walking Dead was my my favorite, but CSI Miami is always a fun one that Dean would watch clearly <laughs> it's where he gets where he gets his terrible and terrible interviewing skills yeah <laughs> one other kind of pop culture note is that one of the scenes with bella uh is the backdrop is a, a place called uh, riverview mental hospital this is a really really common filming location in the lower mainland um where i grew up and a lot of they use this more than once in supernatural they will be using it for like almost the entire run of the show. They use the inside of it. They use the outside of it for a lot of different shots. This may, I'm not sure if this is the first time it shows up. I can't remember. But it also other notable things filmed in or around this um, old hospital is Deadpool, The X-Files, Watchmen, Arrow, Smallville, Prison Break, Riverdale, like everyone. If you filmed in the Lower Mainland and you're filming something kind of creepy or that you need to like abandon hospital, that's probably where you filmed it. Damn. Um, it has a super messed up history. It was a super bad psychiatric facility that Damn. closed not that long ago considering and now is mostly used for filming so it's a little tidbit fun fact about that there's a a similar sort of asylum place in pa that's like really famous for like being haunted and all this having this terrible history same with this one they kidnapped the name of that for the asylum in stranger things so when they refer to penhurst asylum that's from near me (laughs) that is pretty cool (laughs) As a fun yeah. meta color. So that moves us into the last part of our going meta, which is gaydar, sexuality, gender, relationship dynamics. You do her ear. Hey, man, I'll try anything okay. once, but I don't know. <laughs> that sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, see, that's the one note I had. I said, not a big presence of gaydar in the relationship in this one, but that line. Sounds uncomfortable. Right off the Wait bat, he's given some bisexual vibes by saying he'll try anything once. That's how it always <laughs> starts, okay? I'd like to point out everyone I've ever talked to who ever said, I'll try anything once, has all come out as queer in some form. <laughs> I that is true. But I have to point out an egregious error of this episode that I've just realized. Have we mentioned Rufus at all? I loved Rufus. Yeah, oh let's my talk about God. Rufus. <laughs> Not I know Rufus. That I know section, that Rufus, but just in general. Yeah. But he's gender, so I, like it works. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Not wrong. (laughs) Love Rufus. Rufus is one of my favorite side characters. This is his first time. The way he's just so like, fuck off to Dean and Dean's like, ah, hey, one last. Hey, this whiskey changes his the whole demeanor. From that moment, I was like, "My way in." This guy. This guy. <laughs> I love that's all it took. It's just all it took, and he spills all of the tea. Uh huh. He said, "Oh, so you're Bobby's boy? Okay, I got you." <laughs> Yeah. Happy, happy to report, Noah, that he's a recurring character. Good. You will actually get more of. He's wonderful okay. and I love him. Good, good, good. My my headcanon, and I think many other people on the internet, is that him and Bobby had a thing at some point. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. How has this never occurred to me? You've never mm-hmm. heard this theory, Elena? I this theory has somehow missed the me. The Bobby Rufus, Rufus. secret secret. <laughs> 
<laughs> Back in their prime, they they were the power couple for sure. I'm like, you know, Rufus like left hunting and hasn't talked to Bobby in a really long time. Like smells like a breakup to me. Ooh. He wanted out of the life. Bobby couldn't get out. Hmm, I and wonder. how savage of a line of like, I'm what you have to look forward to if you survive, which you won't. <laughs> like that was like just, oh, oh. just came for his whole life. You're yeah. fucked. And even if you weren't, you are. <laughs> even if you are. Oops. Sorry, pal. <laughs> it's, it's 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 great. He was such a strong character. Mm-hmm. Cannot I just, wait to I get couldn't more. let us go this episode without mentioning him because I of course adore not. Rufus Turner with all my heart. Yeah. Also, just like the I don't know, it's really interesting. We've gotten a lot of like not a lot. Every time we meet like an older hunter, like older than Sam and Dean, they're always preaching this same message of like, there's no happy ending. We are all going to die bloody. And like here again, we are another like hunter, this time like a retired hunter that's saying, you know, this is the job. This is the life. But it's interesting though, for him to be saying that because he's literally proving the opposite with his life. Like you're proving that you can live to a, you know, ripe old sassy age. Like, aside from seeming kind of grumpy, um, him saying, you know, you're, I'm what you've got to look forward to if you survive is like, not bad. Like, honestly, it's like you, you have, you have to look forward to uh, a house and bottles of Johnny Walker blue. (laughs) Being a resource for like other people about supernatural things, but you're still alive. Yeah. He's probably lost a lot, but he hasn't recently, hopefully. He seems like, he seems lonely, which I think maybe is the point he's trying to make is that like, even if you do get out, you will never have a normal, like you'll never be a civilian. Like, cause he doesn't give off civilian vibes, even if he's not a hunter anymore. He's still- He's on desk work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Desk duty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, 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 I'm glad we talked about Rufus. Yeah, absolute mood the entire time. Well, that's it for going meta. Let's move into our episode mixtape. Noah, do you have a song for this episode? Actually, I do. Peace of Mind by Imagine Dragons off their new album, Mercury Act 2. Love it. It's a phenomenal song talking about no matter how hard I try, and I do try in every way imaginable, no matter how hard I try, I can't get any peace of mind. I can't just get a moment to myself to breathe and deal with my own issues. I'm always trying to help everybody else be okay. And that's kind of where Dean's at in this this moment. He's, He's trying to get just some peace of mind, some quiet time to be alone with his brother. And uh, his brother's all wrapped up trying to figure out how he can get more time. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you? What do you got? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with uh, The Run and Go by 21 Pilots for (laughs) um, Dean at the end of this episode, like specifically when he's in the car saying to Sam, like, there's no way out. There's this whole idea in this song about, you know, I'm up against the wall. I hear them coming. I've killed a man and all I know is I'm on the run and go. And yeah, that's where Dean's at. Out of options and out of time. Mm, Absolute banger of a track. Mm -hmm. Blow me some good 21 pilots showing my Tumblr 2012 era. (laughs) Anytime Tyler or Josh want to come guest host. (laughs) Putting that out there. Jim Carrey, 21 pilots. You guys are welcome. (laughs) The official invites from the Queering Things team. Yeah. (laughs) Elena. Okay. Yes. 
Okay, so my episode mixtape contribution this week is going to be the song Human by Ragged Bone Man. One, because like kind of, I feel like they're they're playing with the question of like what is and isn't human in this episode a lot. And then there's also just this lyric, do you see it clearer or are you deceived in what you believe? Because I'm only human after all. Mm. And that just kind of makes me think about Bella a little bit and like how she was sort of deceived into like, making this deal because her life was really hard and it ended up being something that cost her her life but I don't think she had any concept of that's what she was doing when she was 14 you know so yeah it's a, it's a good song for multiple reasons and just because Rag and Bone Man is shiny and everyone should listen to it. Excellent mixtape contributions today all around I'm impressed but that also feels like a phenomenal opportunity to slide right into our blessings for the week. Blessings is a little section that we take time to appreciate someone in the episode that we connected with, something that they did, something that they felt, and explain why we just wanted to bless them for that activity. Elena, did you have a character that you wanted to bless today? Well, in keeping with my my mixtape recommendation, I am going to have to bless Bella I feel like she is a character that was done so dirty by this narrative. It's disgusting because yes, she made very questionable choices. I'm not saying that she is a person without fault, but she may, she had to make an impossible choice in the face of a life that she didn't ask for, you know, should you kill your parents? No, but should your parents abuse you also? No. And so I think that it's a real shame that her self-reliance led her to make that deal, which cost her her life. And also I want to bless her just because, because of how hard I think, how much that self-reliance cost her because of the thing that Dean says to her, like, we could have helped you. And Mm -hmm. you know that they would have, but they just didn't know because she didn't allow them to get close enough to know that. And they were so fixed on a certain idea of her that they never stopped to consider that there was more to her. Exactly. And when you think about it, they never find out why she made that deal. So all they know is that is that she made it, not why she made it. We as the viewer know because we get those little flashback bits. Mm -hmm. But it haunts me constantly to think that like, like how would what would Sam and Dean have thought of her if they knew what it was that she was trying to get rid of her parents for? It wasn't for the money. It was because she wanted to get rid of her abusers. Mm -hmm. So blessing for Bella. Yeah. R.I.P. I... I'm going to keep with my tradition and I'm going to bless Sam. He makes questionable decisions in this episode for good reasons, um, but they're no less questionable. Sam needs someone to sit down with him and be like, let's come up with a strategy for when we feel out of control. And I, I just, I, you know, I see Sam sort of like battling against everything that everyone is telling him this season, where, which is like, hey, you were supposed to be in some sort of power position in hell. B, your powers are, you know, really powerful. And C, your brother is going to die. There's nothing you can do about it. Like Sam is just fighting against all of these things all season and he is exhausted and the cracks are showing. And I just, you know, want to bless him for 
his desperation because it's getting overshadowed by Dean's understandably, but Sam is equally like becoming more and more unhinged as a result. Maybe needs a spa weekend. (laughs) And a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I want to take this opportunity to bless Rufus because I didn't bless Rufus. Cause I was like, no one's going to bless Rufus. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, a safe spot in a storm for the boys Aww. and for, I imagine other hunters out there, specifically Bobby and whoever Bobby sends his way. I like that he has gotten out of the life and still respects the people in it enough that knows what they're going through and is is there to help them however he can, if they come to him in the right way. You know, they have to come open and willing to listen to what he has to say, because he has a lot to say. Come correct. And by correct, we mean with booze. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You respect his knowledge and you bring the good alcohol. Amen. Amen. Blessings to Rufus. Lovely. Lovely. Well, with that, we are at the end of our episode. Thank you, Elena and Noah, for chatting about this weird ass episode. (laughs) That's a good summary for it. It was good. It was good. It was a lot of fun. This is a, a good episode. A lot of buildup in this one. So. I really like I enjoy the interactions with the side characters of Rufus and Bella a lot this episode, but I absolutely hate the monster of the week for this one. Yeah, not great. It is a super bad premise <laughs> executed poorly. <laughs> Not great. It is not science. <laughs> that is the most objective thing we can say. In the Marvel movies now, they throw quantum whenever they want to not explain stuff. Yep. So. The supernatural equivalent is Sam being like, this is not black magic. It's, it's science. It's actual science. <laughs> Because I know what that's... Okay. Okay, This episode is the episode where Sam doesn't know what science is. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's a good summary. Yeah. Well, make sure you are all subscribed to Saving People, Queering Things, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find links to all of our social media and how you can reach out to us through our website, queeringthingspodcast.com. We also have a Discord server where we are gathering uh, listeners and co-hosts to talk about Supernatural, to make friends, and to connect around this show um it's a really fun space and we hope that you will join us there the link to that is on the website we just revamped it this past week uh well okay we just revamped it a few weeks ago when you're listening to this and it's fantastic abigail's put a lot of thought and effort into it and it looks fantastic it should be a fun fun. place where i'm really hoping that people (laughs) will just come to make friends and talk about supernatural or just talk about fandom and fun stuff in general like come make friends come make friends with us Coming friends with each other. Um, we would really, really love to have you. So be sure to ride along with us next week for the season three finale. No rest for the wicked, all through the theme of free will. Hell yes. Ooh, I can't express enough how excited I am for this episode. It's no, gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Thank you all for coming along for the ride, and we wish you all a peaceful road until we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>